Welcome to Wisconsin DNR's Wild Wisconsin Off the Record Podcast. Information straight from the source. Welcome back to another episode of Wild Wisconsin Off the Record. I'm your host, DNR's Digital Media Coordinator, Katie Grant. International Women's Day is March 8th. It's a global day to celebrate the social, economic, cultural, and political achievements of women. International Women's Day has occurred for well over a century, with the first gathering in 1911, which was supported by over a million people. The 2020 theme encourages us to work together to create a gender-equal world. According to the UNESCO Institute of Statistics, only about 30% of the world's scientific researchers are women. Let's meet a few of them. Hi, I'm Jennifer Stengline. Hi, I'm Christine Anhalt-Deppies. Hi, I'm Stephanie Shaw. These three women all work for our Office of Applied Science. Sit back and listen in to our conversation about the obstacles faced by women in STEM fields, what inspired them to pursue a career in science, and the advice that they have for girls who are interested in following a similar path. All right, well, I'm a research scientist, a quantitative wildlife research scientist, and my job is a couple of different things. Part of it is working on a statewide trail camera project called Snapshot Wisconsin, where we work with a bunch of volunteers to collect data for wildlife decision support. And the other part of my job is about deer and deer populations. So we gather data statewide to become inputs into our population models and drive population estimates for each deer management unit of Wisconsin. We work with wildlife management staff across the state and they work with their county deer advisory councils to help get that information out there. Very cool. How about you, Christine? I am also a research scientist with the DNR, and like Jen, I work on the Snapshot Wisconsin project. I'm the project coordinator, so that involves working with a whole team of people, including Jen, um, where we partner with the people of the state to monitor wildlife using this statewide network of trail cameras. So I'm a fisheries research scientist for the DNR. So. Very similar stuff uh, to what the other ladies work on, except I am obviously fish-oriented. Kind of how uh, um, Jen mentioned it, or it's um, quantitative population dynamics, I guess. So it's a lot of modeling um, and kind of looking at taking info from a lot of management assessments and really looking at how kind of aquatic ecology um, harvest and uh, different types of things kind of play out and trying to help kind of get our managers information on kind of the best things to do for their sport fish populations. Very cool. I feel like I am not the smartest person in the room right now, (laughs) surrounded by a lot of really smart women, which is super cool. What got each of you interested in a career in science? And I guess, how old were you when you knew that this or something like it was what you wanted to do? Stephanie, let's start with you. Um, you know, I always remember liking science as a little kid. I don't know that I recognize it as science, but I liked being outside and I liked, you know, typical tomboy girly things like bugs and dirt and fish and animals. <laughs> and um, I guess I didn't really get into science until kind of school and later, you know, when you start to get formal classes and stuff. And I, they were always my favorite classes, you know, and um, that kind of continued through college and... Um, I guess eventually I ended up where I am, where I could do science and be outdoors and all that good stuff. So, yeah. And why fish? Ah, interesting question. Um, (laughs) I really like being on the water. 
I do fish, not so much anymore, because uh, I think about fish all the time. <laughs> and I think I kind of got into fisheries, really, I don't know, aquatic ecology was really interesting to me. Uh, I find it kind of fascinating because, you know, unlike maybe some other natural resources, you can't really see what's going on. It's kind of a mystery. So it's kind of cool to be able to kind of like dive in there and do sampling and kind of see what's going on underneath the water. And I don't know, I just think it's fascinating. <laughs> that works. Okay. Christine, how about you? Like Stephanie, I've always been interested in wildlife and the outdoors from an early age. Um, And I have a pretty specific memory where I was able to put a career to wildlife in the outdoors for the first time. Um, Growing up, I did a lot of camping and hiking and went on a vacation with my family to uh, Badlands National Park. Uh, And there were a couple of women who were uh, camping near us and doing a mark recapture study on prairie dogs. And I had the opportunity to go out with them and help them with some of their field work uh, one of the mornings when we were camping and for the first time learned that there was this whole career path that you could do where you work with wildlife and you get to be outside. And so I guess I'm one of those sort of unusual people who from the age of eight or nine knew exactly what I wanted to do and um, ended up uh, sticking with that career path for most of the most, most of my education. Very cool. Yeah, similarly, I really enjoyed being outdoors as a kid, and we did camping and uh, fishing and things outside, so that definitely helped me develop my interests. I didn't know I wanted to be this, uh, a PhD wildlife researcher when I grew up. I had a fantastic science teacher in high school, who I'm still very good friends with, Kevin Hennis, and he uh, allowed me to do an independent study on conservation and gave me a whole bunch of books of Aldo Leopold was one. I grew up in Ohio, and so Aldo Leopold wasn't a regular part of the high school curriculum in Ohio, but I learned about Aldo Leopold through uh, Kevin Hennis in Worcester High School in Ohio, and then other conservation writers too. Uh, I also in my high school, uh, won the Class Lorax Award for being the most environmentally conscious. Ooh. <laughs> I know. Was there like a cool sort of trophy that went with that or something? Or? <laughs> Should have been. No. I may have been the first recipient. So. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty geeky. Uh, but yeah, so then I was realizing I just I really love the environment and I love I love being outside and I, I love nature and I love science. But I thought at the time that track was going to be education. So in my undergrad, I studied uh, to be a teacher, uh, both a high school science teacher and then an environmental educator for kindergarten through 12th grade. And I went through all that certification, did student teaching. And although I liked it, I really loved science. I loved science more than I liked babysitting kids. (laughs) So I decided to go on to a master's and then kept going with education. Uh, But when I was an undergrad, I didn't know that this career existed. So it was a bit of a stepping stone process to get where I am now. Yeah. Very cool. I like that, you know, there's pieces of your backgrounds that are similar, but also, you know, some, some different pieces. If my Google research is correct, We'll see if it is. <laughs> Two of you aren't originally from Wisconsin. Uh, 
correct. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what is so unique about Wisconsin that made you guys decide you wanted to study our natural resources? And Christine, for you, what made you want to stay here to study our natural resources? Sure. So like you said, I was born and raised in Wisconsin and have always really appreciated the diversity of natural resources that we have in Wisconsin from our Great Lakes to the northern forests of Wisconsin. And so, you know, knowing, having that history here, um, having spent a lot of time outdoors in Wisconsin as a kid, um, I jumped at the opportunity when there was an opportunity for me to stay and do research and build my career in Wisconsin. Yeah. How about for you guys? Whoever wants to go first. Sure, I'll go. Um, <laughs> let's see, Wisconsin. So I was born in Ohio, as I mentioned before, raised there mostly. So that was uh, also very, we consider it the Midwest, although it's hilarious now to realize how far east Ohio is <laughs> as compared to Wisconsin. Uh, and when I was in working on my master's out in Idaho, and I also did a bunch of field jobs out in Montana area, I realized I'd meet people from Wisconsin and they loved Wisconsin and they always wanted to go back. And I always feel like people from Wisconsin are like little bunny rabbits where they leave and then they make a big circle <laughs> and then they come back and you meet them in field work and things. Uh, and so a good friend I met in Idaho at the University of Idaho ended up coming back to Wisconsin uh, to study to be a veterinarian. And I followed her essentially. She was gonna be a great roommate and there was a PhD program here I was interested in. And I fell in love with Wisconsin. Uh, unfortunately, there's no mountains, there are hills, uh, and but there's great water. And so I've also fallen in love with different water sports like canoe camping is one of our favorite things to do as a family. Very cool. How about for you? Um, yeah, actually very similar. It's kind of weird talking to all the ladies. <laughs> like you said, very different, but very similar kind of experiences too. But um, I'm also from Ohio. I'm from Northwest Ohio, so I grew up outside of Toledo. And I love Ohio, it's great. I actually worked there for a little bit as a technician on Lake Erie uh, with the Division of Wildlife, and that was a great experience, cool fisheries, cool place to be. Um, I kind of moved around a little bit early in my career, so teched in some different states around the Midwest. I did my master's at South Dakota State. Um, I did my research, though, was up in northern Minnesota in the Bordern Waters, and then um, I went down to Florida to do my PhD. And Florida, also very cool place, but I am not a warm weather person. Um, there was a lot I liked about it, but when I was kind of finished up and looking to start my career, I guess, I wanted to kind of come back towards the Midwest. And similarly, most people that I ever talked to um, always loved Wisconsin. I had driven through it, parts of it, but um, I had never lived anywhere in Wisconsin. Um, and fishery is kind of a small world. So again, I knew several people that worked here. They all liked it. Uh, Wisconsin had a really great reputation in terms of um, the DNR and um, you know being great research and good opportunities and you know kind of strong, well-managed fisheries. And um, I guess it just so happened that some jobs became available, and I I pushed for it. So yeah. And I'm glad I ended up here. <laughs> well, we are glad that you are all here as well. What is the best part of each of your jobs? I think one of my favorite, well, being out in the field is obviously fun. And we have so many lakes around the state. It's pretty cool to get a chance to work on different fisheries and different spots. But um, one of the things I really like about my job is um, being able to help management. I guess my background is really in sport fish management 
And again, that was another big push for coming to Wisconsin as a lot of our managers are doing great jobs. They got a huge workload and a lot of them really just need a little help here and there in terms of, um, you know, getting some data analyzed and answering some questions. And I kind of love doing that because I like being able to, you know, help solve problems for those guys and, and kind of help them out. So, yeah. How about for you? I would say that my favorite part of my job is that no day is the same for me. Um, one day I could be out talking to the people of the state about how uh, about the research that we're doing. Um, another day I might be sitting in front of my computer puzzling through some data analysis. Um, so I like the fact that there's a lot of variability in what I do. Um, if it's being outside, um, talking with folks out in the state, or even just working through a really tough problem on my computer. Yeah. Jen? I have three, but I'll narrow it down to one. <laughs> I mean, we'll let you do all three. Okay, I'll start with one. Uh, probably my favorite thing about the job is working with great people. We work with really great people, and they they make they make the job great because uh, you know there are there are there are tough things about my work too, especially around deer, especially this time of year when we're calculating population estimates. But working with great people is just like so foundational in having um, a good experience here, and I'm very very grateful for that. Yeah, there's a lot of passion at the DNR. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm curious, what are your other two? Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, kind of related. Uh, well, one is, the, and a second one is just the, also the applied nature that Stephanie talked about. It's really great and fun and important for me that the work I do is used, and it is used so quickly by the DNR. So producing, I mean, they're, uh, you know, our annual process of decision making requires that we have inputs on an annual basis and the data comes in, it has to be analyzed and it has to be used immediately. And that's really fun uh, and to see the relevance of your work. And then the third thing that is my favorite is I have a flexible work schedule, which allows me a fantastic work-life balance that I'm not sure I could get many other places and it's really great. What are some of the unique obstacles that you've faced and how have you overcome them? I think that one thing that was difficult for me um, at different points in my career path is just this idea that sometimes you don't see yourself uh, represented, whether it's in the workplace or um, the education environment. And I think that being able to have mentors or seeing yourself uh, as a woman represented in the career path that you're interested in is something that's um, really important. Uh, I think that a couple of the things that I tried to do um, to overcome that were seeking out um, mentors who were women to get that perspective. Um, and also something that I've tried then to do as a result later on in my career, now that I'm in the position to do that, is to be able to provide mentorship to other women who are interested in this field so that they can see themselves as represented um, in this field and as something that is a, a potential career path for them. I mean, one thing that's clear to me, uh, I have a son at home who's almost three, is just when you're trying to balance work and having a family, it 
it can feel really challenging to know how to do that and to kind of keep up with the research expectations while you're trying to scale back to give the time that you need to to a young family. And, um, and I think maybe men and women experience that in different ways. And that could, that could be a big part of it would be For sure. my guess. One thing that's kind of promising is I guess I've been in fisheries now for over 10 years, maybe going on 15 years total um, since I kind of started. And I think every year I see more and more women um, in professional positions and science positions and um, more and more female students coming in, which is awesome. And yeah, I mean, I think, I guess there's more and more of us, which is which is good. I think the pendulum is definitely starting to swing. Um, And I wonder for you from the fisheries management side of things, you know, more and more women are getting into fishing in general. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that is kind of fueling some of that change. Yeah. I mean, I I guess I don't really know, you know, before my time kind of why there weren't as many women around. It was, you know, seems like going back in history, there was always a few. When you look back at some of the uh, professional societies and, and photos and things, there was always a few women sprinkled in there. Yeah, maybe hopefully as as interest in, you know, female recreational anglers and professional anglers and, um, you know, if we get more women in those fields. And um, I think a lot of it, you know, is just, again, seeing yourself represented. And I think that's very encouraging for young women in school and also kind of expanding coverage of um, fisheries and wildlife in the media and conservation in the media and um, you know young girls um, can see more women in science positions and that kind of stuff I think is um, really encouraging or I hope it's really encouraging I guess to young women. As as we see that pendulum kind of start to swing what do you guys think needs to be done to support young girls and get them interested in pursuing these careers in science? This isn't really a fully formed thought so maybe this can... <laughs> Talk it out, talk it out, we'll (laughs) figure it out. But uh, I think there's this misconception out there about what a scientist looks like. Um, You know, on TV, for example, you see, uh, like in The Big Bang Theory, the women who are scientists in that show, for the most part, are like these really nerdy types. Or this idea that, you know, to be a scientist in our field, you know, you have to be out um, in the field all the time and wearing a flannel shirt. One thing that is important to me uh, and I think helps to recruit a diversity of people to science is is trying to uh, dispel some of those stereotypes that it takes all kinds of people with all kinds of interests and there's so many different types of careers in science out there and ways that people can do science even uh, not as a professional um, Snapshot Wisconsin, the project that both Jen and I work on, is a citizen science project, and that's a great way for everyday people just to dip their toe into doing science. Um, And so it doesn't matter your age, your gender, um, whether or not you have a degree on your wall, um, there's all kinds of ways to do science, whether that's part of your career or if it's something that you do on the weekends. Yeah, the the snapshot program is really a great example of that. Well, in citizen-based science in general, um, anyone can get involved, you know, you can sit down with your family on a Saturday and help identify the, the photos on snapshot. 
you can volunteer to have to host a camera. You know, there's a variety of ways that you can get involved. Um, I think that's a really important thing to note for sure. What advice do you have for women wanting to get into a science-based career? I think one thing about myself that I've learned in a science career, and I, I would hope this kind of lends to other women that are interested in it, uh, is for one, don't be afraid to fail. Um, I am not the smartest uh, kid around, and you know, I was did pretty good in high school, and then in my undergrad, you know, not so great, and I never thought I would go to grad school. You know, I was still interested in science, but I didn't really know what I was going to do. And it kind of took me a while to get there. Um, you know, I worked as a technician for a long time, and I learned a lot, and I got a lot of different experience. Um, and in that, you know, I think don't be afraid. You don't have to be a super genius to be a scientist. You know, I think if you're interested in it and you kind of have the drive and you want to persevere, um, you know, you can get there. It really just takes hard work and, and interest and not being afraid to fail and not being afraid to fail in front of your peers, whether they be male or female or anybody, because um, personally that's kind of where I learn the most is, you know, um, they say if you never fail, you never learn anything, and I completely agree with that. So, yeah. Great point. I would say it's about people again, as I mentioned before. Uh, for me, finding really great advisors and mentors has been a really important part of my career and feeling like I can do it because uh, it is very hard. There's always still very hard moments, not unique to being a woman even, just to being a professional in a career that's demanding and having people who you can trust and who you know are there to support you is the most important thing that I have found. And so that would be my recommendation even more than if you're wondering about what specific species to study, say, as a PhD student, having an advisor that is somebody you can really connect with is uh, going to just do so much for you in terms of your uh, future confidence as a researcher. Most definitely agree with uh, both Jen and Stephanie. I was just going to say volunteer and get exposed to different career paths and different opportunities within science and maybe that will create some of the opportunities that Jen talked about and being able to identify mentors that help you explore different um, different opportunities within science. So I think that volunteering can be a really great place uh, to start. Yeah, well, the whole point of this episode is uh, International Day of Women, International Women's Day. And so, again, we just want to celebrate you guys and all the women working in science and here making what we do here at the DNR possible. If listeners could walk away knowing one thing from this episode, what would you want that to be? There are women in science, <laughs> and we love it. That's an easy one. <laughs> we'll take it. Uh, that anybody can do science, and in fact, it takes all kinds of people to do science. And so if folks have an interest in science, they shouldn't feel limited that they should pursue that. Give it a try. There's lots of ways to get involved. Exactly. You know, honestly, I completely agree with that wholeheartedly. You know, it's the different experiences and, and interests and things that really add to it. You know, science isn't cookie cutter. We're constantly learning. That's the whole point. And constantly asking questions and um, different 
backgrounds, different opinions, different experiences all help to that and they can, uh, you know, bring different questions to the table that maybe others didn't think about and, um, you know, we're here. Visit dnr.wi.gov to learn more about the careers that we offer along with volunteer opportunities to get involved. And follow along with how others are celebrating International Women's Day by searching hashtag each for equal on social media. We'll be back in two weeks with another great episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it. Thanks for listening.